Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, welcome to the Red Men TV. It is podcast time. I am joined by Sutton, by Doyle and by Sanders, by Hollyoaks, by the Anfield Rapham, the BBC today for this one. And I can't wait for it. It's a warm-up question. Uh, you can change... The result of one game of football. What game do you change to alter history the most, says Brody Kieran. Um, I've thrown this one on you, and the faces suggest that you might need a second or two. Nah, but I'm not. I, James Sutton in the house calls. Hand up in the air. Let's go, mate. Chelsea, 14 uh, 15. Is it 14 15 or 15 16? The Chelsea game. Yeah. The, the, the slip. It has 13 to be. 14. Yeah, it's the, it's, it's the only. It's the it's the first game that springs to mind that that I that still irks me to this day. Even though it's been talked about to death, and we you know we've seen interviews with Stevie and with Brendan over the years, and it's all been laid to rest now. But I think I think partly because it's still something that gets thrown in our faces at every kind of opportunity, even rival fans. I think if you know we win that game, we probably win the league. I think. Um, so yeah, I I I choose that one. It's, it still bothers me to this day, man. Who wants to go next? Go on, Emma. Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it under the bus. Go on, Emma. So I was like, quick, quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, the first game that came to mind was was Champions League, um, only because that was kind of my first year as an adult where I could drink alcohol. And it went from being the most awesome start of the night to then being really, really shit quite quickly. Um, but then about four seconds later, I straight away thought Chelsea and thought, no, like just seeing Gerard lift the Premier League would have just been something special. So, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely with James on that one. And just for the record, we were talking about 2007 when you said Champions League and not like 2018, right? No, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not old like you, Chris. Lizzie, which one are you going for? I think 13-14, Chelsea is the right answer. I think it's that in Crystal Palace, but I think Chelsea had more of an effect because it was before uh, Palace. So I'd, I'd go 13-14, Chelsea. But I did think of uh, Kiev because... But I, I wondered if that was a knock-on effect for every single amazing moment we've had, you know, this season and... and sorry, the, the, the season before and this one. Yeah, I'm getting confused. I don't know what year we're in, you know, this <laughs> So basically, we won, we, don't, we won the Champions League last season. So... I'm talking about last season, yeah. So would we have won it in Madrid had we have lost it in Kiev? But I think it's just because I loved the day of Kiev. I loved everything building up to it. I found it much better than Madrid. Uh, and if it weren't for Loris Carrius, I think we would have won it. And to be honest, it wouldn't have surprised me if we would have won it last season anyway. So that's that one. But 13-14, Chelsea, Gerrard winning the league. It's no brainer, really. Do you know, I've got a completely different route to all you because I'm like... I've seen sliding doors, and I'm sure we all have, and I'm a little bit concerned that 13-14 doesn't happen and we don't get Jürgen because we win the league there and everything that's happened since. So I'm like, so I went, I went down a rabbit hole, like started thinking about it. I was like, okay, well, what about semi-final 1989 Hillsborough? Do you change that? And I'm like, well, actually, you know, and then they even started going, is it the quarter-final? that you lose the game in the quarterfinal, but then it's somebody else's problem then, and I'm not about that. And what if more than 96 people die in that game? So in the end, I just decided to leave it all alone and said I can't change a game. Because honestly, we're the most successful club in England, right? So you change something really far back, does that happen? Um, you change something in, in like nowadays, do we get Jürgen, do we get these teams... 
do we get what we're about to achieve? Because, you know, 13, 14 killed me more than anything at the time. But my words, I'm going to love it when we win the league this season. And it's all part of the story, certainly, like Jordan Henderson's story. He was there and all that type of stuff. So I am going to have splinters on my arse from sitting on the fence and say, I can't pick one because I'm too scared that something will change. And I'm kind of happy with where we are. We're not Steven Gerrard. At the end of the day, the lad gave everything for the club. And I think he should have, he, he deserved the league. So I'm giving him a league, Stevie, if you're watching. Sack this. <laughs> also, 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 you know, I think even if we win the league that year, Suarez still, Suarez still leaves. He still gets his dream move. There's still a massive rebuild to do. I mean, make no mistake, that's, that squad wasn't an incredible squad. There were some incredible players in it, but it wasn't a, a squad that you could sustain three or four seasons of success with. So actually, I think even if we win that and we give Stevie that trophy, I still, th- I still think we get Klopp eventually. I still think things play out as they did. It's lovely talking about sliding doors, man. What a movie that is. I love sliding doors. <laughs> what a movie. You know what they say about the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> Did you get it? No one? No. no. Oh, never mind. <laughs> it's a lot. What did they say, Lizzie? Uh, what is it? You know what they say? If, I don't know. What, you know what they say in Monty Python? And everyone says always oh, on the bright side of life, but this fella goes, nobody expects a Spanish Inquisition. Okay. Uh, okay, no one gets it, it's fine. <laughs> I, I throw a shout in for the 96 FA Cup final as well, by the way, because I don't think that would have too much bearing. And Cantona scoring against us in a cup final for Manchester United pissed me off something chronic. <laughs> um, so if I'm going to pick a game, that's going to be the game, okay? I won't sit on the fence anymore. Um, so um, we ask each guest to come with um, a topic. For discussion, I'm going to start with my one today, um, and then we'll move on. Emma, we'll bring yours in next and stuff. But I'd like, I'd like to know everybody's thoughts on this. Uh, obviously, we're changing to five substitutes for the rest of the Premier League season. We know there's probably going to be a really short pre-season friendly. How does that affect the development of the youngsters? Um, or how does everybody think that's going to affect the development of the youngsters? You know, five subs is Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones maybe going to get a little bit more game time. Does that mean we're in a stronger position? Can we actually fast forward their development as football players, James? Where do you sit on this? How do you think it will affect them? I think I think I think you're right. I think you're right to bring up the, the substitute element. But what I would say is, you know, you, you're looking at such a position of strength right now that actually, you know, we get another couple of wins and, and we lift we lift the trophy, which 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 then means that you know for the rest of the season you can be bringing players like Elliot through Jones through and giving them serious game time, maybe letting them start fixtures that ordinarily, you know, if, if we hadn't had. Um, you know, such a good season that 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 might not happen. Oh, you know, obviously also with the, with the Champions League element as well. You know, being you know off off the table. Now. <coughs> I think I, I think we're, it's, it's it's almost a perfect storm um, for the youngsters, which is why I think not to. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to bring up uh, the, the Werner transfer. Um, oh shit! Hang on a minute. I disappeared then. I don't want to bring up the uh, the, the, the Werner to Werner to Chelsea. Uh, you know, over and over again. But but actually, I think you know going forward this season. With there being so much opportunity for our youngsters, assuming that we get the, the six points on the board or whatever it is that we need, um, we're going to see some, some some real opportunities for these lads. And actually, I think people are going to be really surprised by actually how much depth we do have in our squad. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it can only be a really, a really positive thing. Emma, what do you think? Yeah, I just want to apologise because I choked on my tea then, so I started coughing midway through Sutton's really, really good point there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fine though, I'm fine. Um, yeah, no, it's a good point about about the kids. I absolutely agree with what both of you have said. It is the perfect opportunity to bring through these youngsters and give them that really valuable first team experience. And as James says, I, you know, I expect to see quite a few of them start towards the end of the season once the Premier League is wrapped up. But I think another thing with the five substitutions, which I think is something that we're going to have to keep an eye on, is is this kind of um, element of players maybe potentially feigning injury. Um, you know, usually in a game, if, if you've made if you've made your three subs, let's say you know you roll the dice and bring on a striker as your third third option, and it hasn't worked. Um, if there's you know still 20 minutes to go and you're still one nil behind, will we see teams maybe try and um, you know feign a bit of an injury to to try and get on a fourth and fifth sub and not make it look like you're just throwing on players for the sake of it? You know, as a bit of an a bit of an argument to say, oh no, you know this striker picked up a player uh, picked up an injury, so we wanted to put players on. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether that kind of, you know, gamesmanship comes into it a little bit. But I do think it's going to benefit the teams that have got bigger squad depth. So, you know, basically the top half teams, really, the likes of Manchester United and 
and Liverpool and Manchester City and Chelsea that have got those those squad players basically you know when they're coming up against these teams that are fighting for relegation that haven't quite got the same level of rotation in midfield and you know some of the Liverpool players might be getting a bit leggy after 60-70 minutes and then they can bring on somebody like I don't know Adam Lallana whereas players down at the bottom half of the table might really struggle to bring on that you know quality of experience from the bench so I think that's where it's going to massively tell in the Premier League table and this is where I can understand the argument for the lower team saying that the five substitution rule definitely benefits those in the upper half with bigger squad depth but um, from a Liverpool point of view it's it's obviously only a good thing. It's an interesting point that Liz isn't it about you know it, it benefiting probably the better teams I think when you look at what's happening and you know the like the you know the fact that we're going to be playing in empty stadiums anyway I think as you look at the Bundesliga that probably helps the better sides as well the fact that there's no fans there cheering on the home team and and, and certainly if they're the, the the team lower down the table as well couple that with the five substitutes Lizzie and are we actually seeing the same competition as what we started watching and, and is that fair? I think you can have a conversation of what's fair and, and something like this. It, it'll go on forever. It's it might not be what's fair, but it's what has to happen. Nobody, you know, accounted for this, did they? But it's a point that I didn't really think of, to be honest. What Emma's just brought up about the benefit in the top half, I, I didn't actually think about that. Um, and and you're right. And this is the thing we're going to see players probably have more game time. The only sort of counter argument I was thinking of is like when we're talking about the kids getting a start and like you know. A lot of chat about Naby Keita and Minamino, you know, people who, who haven't had game time, who actually need game time, who are in future plans. You know, Adam Lallana probably isn't. Um, but for me, I'm thinking, like, these players have had such a break. Does Klopp want to go for, for the record? Does he want to go for the maximum points? Or does he want to win the league and then get game time for his youngsters? What's his priority? That's what I don't know. He might trust that the youngsters can help get the record total. I'm not too sure. But I think Klopp will want to go for everything, you know? And I think... He's got this side that's the best side in the world and that side needs to be match fit and they need to be match fit and quick. And I think, like, actually, he'll probably prioritise that um, before... I don't think it'd be fair for, like, Mo Salah and Firmino and this, that and the other. And I know we all treat them equally, but let's be honest, the ones who've played the majority of this Premier League season to play, like, two games and all of a sudden the, the rest is again after having the biggest break ever. I just don't see that happening. But the five, five substitutions might help with that. Um, you know, they might just get 60 minutes instead of, like, a full 90 or whatever. Um, so that's also my view on it. I don't think we're going to see them as much as people might think. And can, can I challenge you on a couple of those things, Lizzie? And, and not, yep. not from a position of I'm being defences or anything like that, just to see see if there's anything else that we maybe haven't spoken about. But, you know, if if maybe if I was to say to you, OK, Jürgen, Jürgen's maybe going after the point record, but if it gives him a better opportunity of getting two Premier Leagues in two years, do you think maybe he'd sacrifice that 100 points and, and start bringing along the likes of Minamino and stuff for next season if, if they're going to be necessary? I, I think he would, by the way. This is just me thinking, like... The thing is, with Klopp, he will think he'll be able to get the records with the whole squad, not the first 11, and he's made that very clear. So this is just me as a fan thinking of, like, the first 11. I think Klopp absolutely... Um, I'm probably contradicting myself now. I'm just trying to think of, like, some different options. But I think he's, he's th- he thinks of the players before any... And he wants a league more than he wants the, the, the records. Um, I don't know. I'm just interested to see how he does it. I just that's what I'm, all I'm saying is that I think, I think what I'm trying to say is that I don't think he will let the likes of Firmino, Salah, Mane, Henderson, whatever, play two games and then not play them again for mm. however long. I don't think that will be the case. Where all of a sudden the second the league's won, you won't see Henderson starting and you'll see Minamino every single game. I don't think it will be that. I think he will be a bit cleverer with how he rotates. Is what I'm trying to say. I think. I think that's right, isn't it, James? Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, that's that's one thing I've been really, you know, Klopp's been great at since he came in. Has been has been balancing that and, bring, and bringing through new players. And I think it's 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 managing expectations as well because you've got, you know, if you're if you're a youngster at Liverpool right now, you know, you're looking at the Premier League and you're looking at the games we've got left and you're looking at the points that we need and you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, I've got I've got a, a big opportunity here to force to force myself into into certainly not all the games, but some of the. You know, I say easier fixtures, but you know, if you've got, if you're, if you're playing a, you know, I don't know, a, a, a Brighton or something, you know, a, a, you've you've got a, a real opportunity there for 
to, to, to play some of these youngsters. But it, it, you're right, it is about managing it. It's about balancing the team, isn't it? And you, you can't be dropping your, your stars just because it's a you know, a nothing fixture. And, and Klopp's proven that, you know, over time that he, he wants to win everything. There's no, there aren't any small games. There aren't any easy games. Every game's important. Every point's important. So it's about it's about kind of managing that and balancing that, I think. And I think, Emma, you know, to, to continue from both Lizzie and James's point there, I think what we've seen from Klopp is he likes to get a team working and he likes the fact that, you know, they've got these relationships on the field and they become like a machine almost winning game after game after game for having that continuity running throughout. When there's such a short pre-season, the danger, if you do the opposite of what Lizzie's saying, is actually you make too many subs and, and you start bringing in too many youth players. By the time it comes to next season, you're in, you could be out of form and, and struggling to get those relationships back together couldn't you yeah that's actually a really good point because as you say it's the momentum that sort of that is what sums up this this clock side and this Liverpool side so yeah I absolutely agree with that and yeah Lizzie's made a really good point there where I do think while I I still strongly believe he'll he'll blood through some of the youngsters keeping the flow and keeping the momentum of the success of that team which has carried um, the season so far yeah I do think that is important and I think it's that winning mentality which they've which we haven't seen for a while. And then Klopp's come in and has basically embedded that in the team now. And, they, you know, they were European champions last year. They're going to be Premier League champions this year. And I think if they were to end the league on a bit of a bit of a slump, let's say, like I, I'm not, not saying that the youngsters would lose games, but I think that, as you mentioned, that constant rotation, it would, it would just kind of jar the momentum a little bit. So I do think it's important for them to end on a high um, and really kind of have that, successful atmosphere around the club at the end of the season so yeah I absolutely agree with you there yeah it's a good point okay Emma it's your your topic next week what are you bringing to the table yeah I actually had to uh, think about it then because I kind of forgot what I texted Ross last night was my topic um had you had a gin <laughs> yeah I just had a little little look at my phone um <laughs> yeah no basically we've been doing loads of like nostalgic content on the BBC Spot website over the last couple of weeks so it got me thinking um, there's been a lot of talk amongst me and my colleagues of kind of who our childhood heroes were in football. And it, it just got me wondering whether there was any ch- any chance of your kind of footballing hero changing as you got older. So for me, growing up, Stephen, like, well, Michael Owen was my first idol and then I very quickly hated him. But Stephen Gerrard, you know, has always been kind of my, my childhood hero. So I can't imagine somebody like, <coughs> excuse me, somebody like, you know, Van Dyke or Firmino let's say they stay at the club and, and win five Premier League titles, how amazing would that be? But I still don't think I would put them on the same pedestal as Steven Gerrard for me because I don't think anything can beat your childhood football hero. So I'm just interested to see whether you guys think that that is something that could change for you. Is there anybody out there that that you could see potentially overtaking your childhood hero? Because I start on this one. Yeah, go for it. So this, when it, this is a, a conversation I have quite a lot. Is that I think we're very lucky that we were in the era of, the, of, of club legends, and I don't think anyone's going to be lucky enough to really have that anymore because there's never really a one-man club type of player anymore. I think a lot of loyalty is lost in the game, and you know you might see a better player, but doesn't mean that they're going to like be there for however many years through the thick and thin. Um, you know, after dark times as well as the good times. So I think like he's a legend and I think the the term legend is going to have to change now because it's not going to be the same because I don't think you're going to get someone of the same stature as Gerard. So I think like it's hard for us because we've sort of seen the last probably club legends and I don't mean that as in like Trent can't become one but we don't know what his future holds. We don't know if he will stay for the whole of his career yet, do we? So that's still to be seen and so I think we've got like a bit of a weird one because we've we've had the last sort of legend for the club at the moment anyway. No one sort of stayed as long. Maybe I think Lucas has been it. Lucas was there 10 years. Henderson's like a longer serving player. Um, so I, I think that's quite interesting for me. I probably think no, because I'm the same as you. Gerard is is the childhood hero. Torres was the obsession. Um, and but so I can't really call him the hero. I think when I look back, so for me, I don't think I will see anyone like Steven Gerrard. I think we'll see maybe um, unbelievable players with brilliant quality, maybe arguably better quality, but I don't think it will go as far as, you know, a lad born in height and being at the club he loves for his whole career. James? 
Yeah, I, I, I think that's, I think it's really interesting. I think it's a really interesting conversation. I think Lizzie's right. I think I think we we almost are the kind of last generation of football fans that have that, and I think that's probably true across the board. I think if you were to you know, if you were to speak to um, a Chelsea fan, for example, you know, where, where's their next Frank Lampard? Where's their next John Terry? You know, and, and I think there's a number of the, of the, of the sort of big clubs that, that probably we were, we were witness to the last great kind of one-man club. It feels, it feels like football's changed a lot in the past, I don't know, not, not even that long, maybe, maybe six, seven, eight you know, years. It's, 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 it's changed a lot. And you don't say, you're not going to see that as often, I don't think. I think Trent... Trent probably is the possibly the exception. I can't think of many players playing for for top Premier League clubs that are from that area, supported that club as a kid, went through the academy, and are absolutely at the top of their game. Trent has everything in his arsenal. Everything about him says to me, one man club. He loves this club, and I, I can't imagine for the life of me a scenario where he leaves. Because this this football club means the world to him. I mean, you know, the Anfield rap got a huge mural done for him just around the corner from from Anfield. I mean, if that doesn't say to you, you know, not only are you, are you doing the absolute business, but you're so well thought of and loved by your community and, you know, by by your football club that I think he he's the only one for me that I think we might he might become you know a, a, a proper legend. I, I find it interesting as well. I think you know there's a there's a chance I think that Liverpool players do become do have club legends status, do stay there for a long time. I think it's more difficult actually if you're a side in the middle of the table and you're not going anywhere because I think the ambitions of players now will want to move on and stuff. Now if Liverpool stay at the top and and Trent's still one of the best in the world, then he'll stay. If Liverpool drop off, then there's a question mark to be had. You know, that's mm. that's probably where that comes in. Does he want to go? If he's already won everything and Liverpool then drop off, does he want to continue and try and win but, things? I mean, there's the question, Mark. But don't but don't but don't forget that Stephen Gerrard went through that as well, being part of really poor Liverpool sides that finished yeah. out, outside of the top four. And Stephen Gerrard is Trent Alexander Arnold's hero. Like from a from a romantic footballing sense and I know you know money comes into it and obviously you want to win trophies but from a from a footballing sense from a you know from a a pure emotional sense that's your idol that's what you want to become and I think it's going to take an awful lot it seems to me from the interviews that I've read and and watched of Trent it seems to me it's going to take an awful lot for that to change I think. No I, I agree with that I think for me to answer the question myself I I find it difficult to look up to any any footballer as a as a genuine hero now because you know when you're 15 or when you're 13 or whatever yeah I had Robbie Fowler coming through and there's something that you can aspire to be now I was so deluded that I maybe thought I could still play football you know but but you know things have changed I'm 37 I'm not going to make it in Liverpool's first team and I've, I've kind don't of, say that Chris. honestly mate over the last, <laughs> over the last year I or two I've realised James I've realised I'm not going to make the it (laughs) Just give a shout out to Marcus Rashford, who I think has been doing unbelievable. Yeah, brilliant work with Manchester United, and and you know we were speaking about Trent as being one of those players who could be a one-man club. You know, I, I yeah. could see Rashford being that for United. So definitely. Yeah. So where did you come to Emma with the BBC Sport crew? What did they decide? So yeah, everyone was kind of of the same opinion that your childhood hero was always going to be your favourite footballer. You know, there was there was a couple of lads in the office who, um, the older ones, I'd say, who you know, Gaza was was kind of their was their hero, and yeah, and I don't think anyone anyone said that that they could change. I mean, even if Trent stayed at Liverpool for twenty years, like Steven Gerrard would would still be my hero. I just couldn't see that changing. I just can't imagine anyone where I can't wear a shirt with a lad who's who's 15 years younger than me, his name on the back. It's yeah. just <laughs> weird, like in it, you know what I mean? Yeah. We we yeah. can't be wearing replica shirts at our age anyway, Chris. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> you Come on, you can in goals. You're allowed in you goals. Can, yeah, you are in goals. Just just to, to, yeah. just to follow up with what Emma said there. I think for me certainly, the longer, the more time that passes, and the longer, you know, the more the older that I get. 
the more dewy-eyed I get about Steven Gerrard. Yeah, it's almost, good point. Al- almost like when I... Obviously, I adored him when he played and he was, you know, the player that you'd look for. He was the first player your eyes would go to when they walked out. You'd be like, oh, there's there's Steven fucking Gerrard. <laughs> um, and, and as time goes on, I, I get even more misty eyed about him and I think, my God, like, I'm not even sure I appreciated him enough when he was playing as, as I perhaps should have. Did I, did I take him for granted? I mean... What a player. I don't think I don't think that will ever be rifled. The love and affection that I have for that player just gets more and more. The more, you know, every every, every year on the, you know, the, the the Champions League final, you know, gets played that, you know, you see a video about Istanbul or the, the FA Cup, the, 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 the Cardiff final, you know, all these things, it just, it just get more and more romanticised for me anyway. Are we yeah. potentially going to see a Dame Sutton monologue in December at a, a theatre near you? <laughs> An ode to Stephen Gerrard? Because, I mean, I yeah. think I'd sell quite a lot of tickets there, mate. Yeah, I was getting quite teary-eyed. <laughs> oh, I'm that. <laughs> my my one-man show. Yeah, I think it'd be brilliant, mate. It'd go better than the, than the thing in New York, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, Lizzie, what's your subject? It's I'm doing an M and getting it up on my phone because I only gave me topic this morning. Um, mine was to do with the news today uh, that I saw on Mel Reddy's Twitter about Adam Lallana um, the contract extension till the end of the season um, which pretty much says basically he's gone by the end of this season as well and just sort of um, the, the comments from Klopp saying like why he wants to keep him to do with excellence and stuff and just a bit of a reflection on him because I think he's had a bit of a hard time I think it's been quite an unfortunate couple of years for Lalana, you know, at one point, I can't remember what season it was, was it 15, 16, where he was like, he was unbelievable under Klopp's first year. Um, and I think he's, he's done a lot for the club. Um, and I just feel a bit sad that maybe like his career's ending uh, where, where he's been, you know, hampered with injury and, and probably could have been a lot better maybe in this Klopp side had he not got injured and stuff. And I just wanted to do a little bit of an ode to Adam Alana and basically what you what you what you think about the fact that he's leaving. Is it is it a bit of the end of an era like of those sorts of players, the Daniel Sturridge, Adam Alana, Dejan Lovren, Nathaniel Klein? Is this starting to signal the end of those players who actually were from a little bit of a time before Jurgen? I think for me, it, it probably is. And I think something as fans that we talk about quite often, certainly on Redmen anyway, is that like to improve your squad, you improve your first team and your squad players almost get boosted down. And it actually feels like that's actually what's happened over the last four years, that all those players were first teamers and then they've become squad players and then they've become fringe players almost. And now they're not going to be able to get into this. And that's a byproduct of Liverpool being excellent and striving for excellence, isn't it? So, But, but Lallana's a player that I've always enjoyed watching play football. Now, the problem isn't, that he's not he's, he's not a bad he's not a bad player that's not a, he's not a bad player it's just that we never saw him enough it's actually the same problem with Daniel Sturridge and I know that's something that's been said to me um, uh, over over the course of years by sports scientists is the 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 greatest attribute a footballer has is games played or games available for and it's something as fans that we never think about you know Adam Lallana is fan, fantastic so effortless on the football we see him find space with such ease but he's just not on the field enough. And it, it is a sad time because I remember the first game Jürgen Klopp took charge. It was the nil-nil at Tottenham Hotspur at White Hart Lane. And I remember being there and Adam Lallana killed it in that game. And for those first few months, as, as Lizzie rightly points out, he was a captain on the field for Liverpool, someone that Klopp could lean on and could rely upon. And it's brilliant that Klopp's been able to do this, Lizzie, because, you know, that's that's part of who Klopp is as a manager. It's why he gets the best out of players. It's that he, he understands what's right for the people and the squad. And I think the squad will respect him even more than they already do for being able to put his arm around and pay him the extra money and make sure that he gets that, that send-off and that winner's medal. James, yeah. I think... Oh, sorry, sorry, Emma, go on. No, I was just going to say, I absolutely agree with Chris in the sense of Lalana's leadership and the way that he is kind of seen from Klopp's point of view is what makes him so valuable to the squad. I mean, you look at the pictures of like, you know, um, Henderson on the plane back from the Champions League and he's sat next to, you know, Adam Lallana and you just think that's how much his teammates think of him. That's how much Klopp thinks of him. And this whole kind of vibe around the squad is so important for winning trophies for this local team. And he is clearly a very, very key figure in that. 
And like, if you speak to anyone from Southampton, I remember I spoke to, I think it was Francis Benali from um, Southampton. Um, this might have been two seasons ago, maybe. And we were discussing the sort of transfer process that had sort of been going on at Southampton for the last couple of years. And he straight away said that Adam Lallana was the most gifted footballer that he'd seen at the club um, during the period that we were discussing. And it's just, it's so clear his ability on the ball. But as you say, he's been sort of hampered by these injuries. But I think it's quite nice that he had his moment. I, I think it was this year against United with the winner. Yeah, Can't remember that. yeah this season. Yeah, so he's... So he's yeah, that's it. Yeah, so he, he had his moment this year, you know, so it's not like he's kind of faded out this season and not been part of, of the title win. You know, he's definitely been there and he's played a key role. Um, so, yeah, it'll be sad to see him go, but, he, you know, he's got lots to be proud of considering he hasn't been fully fit for a long time. He's still achieved a lot with this club and he's he's played a massive role. So, yeah, best, best wishes to him. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. James, what do you reckon, Adam Olala, mate? Um, yeah... It's a it's a it's a it's a funny one, isn't it? I feel like he's been I feel like he's been with us for a, a really long time. It feels it feel I mean I, you know he's, he's he's had what two two different managers three different managers two yeah. two yeah. two different yeah. managers but he, but he's he's been he's been part of like almost sort of three real rebuilding processes. I wonder I wonder what Adam Lallana thinks when he when he looks back on his time as a as a Liverpool player whether he whether he views it as a success because obviously you know he has he has he has won. He has won trophies with us, but I, w- I wonder whether his whether he feels like his contribution to the club has, has sort of you know lived up to the hype, as it were. And, and I'm not you know I'm, I'm not being kind of down on Adam Lallana at all. I, I mean I agree with Chris. I think he's a I think he's a wonderful I think he's a wonderful footballer. Um, but I, he's just never he's just never had that consistency um, that, that we've kind of looked for and kind of forced his way as, as sort of because he should he should be one of the first names on the team sheet. He's got all the attributes, but with injuries and obviously we've had to buy better you know better fitter players. I just wonder what his opinion will be when he looks back on his time at Liverpool. Whether he'll view it as a as a as a, as a personal success um, or whether he'd feel a bit sort of a bit disappointed that it never he never quite hit the the heights that I think. I think he 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 could do, and, and that we expected him to. Lizzie, did you expect Klopp to come out and say something like this around Adam? Did you expect him to extend this contract? Um, yeah, at least for the end of this season. But I mean, to be honest, I thought he might have put another year on, you know. And there's, not because I wanted him to, but listen to what everyone was saying you, and and listening to yourselves is is we all know how much he clearly regards Alana. And what I was going to say before, um, and to be honest, taking on all your points, is like. I think we're so lucky we've got a team of leaders, and he, and I think what Emma said, like the the Lallana next to Henderson. You look at the team photo; it's Henderson, Milner, Lallana. He he he's very very highly regarded by Klopp, and I think actually Klopp probably would have wanted to keep him 
keep him around but probably thought it wasn't fair because he owes him a bit more because like we said he is a fantastic footballer would still get in the Premier League side by the mm. way hands down mm. if he was a bit, you know a bit lower down he could go and be the hero somewhere else and I think we owe it to him a little bit he, you know he's he's is he 30 now I think he's 30, 30. yeah, yeah um, he, he should go he should go and have another two years elsewhere because as in it'd be selfish for us to say as Liverpool fans and Jürgen Klopp as a man manager who prides himself on man management and looking after his players say I want you to say because you have a good effect on the lads but you're not going to play but just because you're not you're a great presence it's not fair so it doesn't surprise me I think Klopp probably would have kept him another year but I bet you Lallana wants to go and play football and can you blame him I just think we're in a not a transition now but like those sorts of players like I said earlier they're going to start going now I think you'll see and you'll, you'll start to see a couple more players come through instead I completely yeah, agree fun. with Lizzie there. I, I think I think Klopp would absolutely have loved to have him stay around, and it's it's a shame, isn't it? Because there might be some sections of, or there might be some individuals that probably go, well, he's being too kind. He shouldn't do that. Clubs should come first, and all that type of stuff. And yet, I always think to myself, whenever that argument's almost brought up, well, he's not the man that he is without being being able to do that without being a humanitarian first and foremost he isn't Jürgen Klopp the football manager so you can't have the goods without taking the bad and in this instance does the bad affect us? Yes will we be a worse squad for not having Adam Lallana? Yes probably but we wouldn't be where we are today without Jürgen Klopp the manager that he is You know what I'd say as well is is we've seen this before we've seen it with Daniel Sturridge and we've seen it with Danny Ings like you've seen Klopp the, the statement he made about like Danny Ings you know that's not because he's putting it on it's genuine and you can see the fact that he really wants them to go and do well sometimes it's, it's not going to work out for every footballer and Adam Lallana's at the end of his time now and he literally is like if you want to talk about it not not like he's been shoved out the door it literally his contract is ending so it just is at his time's up and I think Jürgen and everyone will wish him well everywhere and I think he'd be too selfish to hold on to him if he knows he's not going to give him a game and if, if Lallana wants to to basically go and finish his career playing football yeah. Let's let's um, let's move on then, James. You've got an interesting transfer-related topic for us today. Yeah, well, it was it was it was kind of on the back of um, your chat with uh, with Dave Maddock um, from the Mirror that you did. If if, the, if your listeners haven't uh, haven't haven't seen it yet, it's it's well worth well worth twenty minutes of your time. I thought it was really really good, Chris. Well done, mate. It was, it was okay, fascinating. Mate. It's great to have an insight into the actual kind of financial situation of the club rather than just screaming about players that we haven't made a bid for yet. And I just thought it was really interesting. I just, I just kind of wanted to throw it open to you guys really in, in, a, in a kind of realistic sense, because obviously, you know, if you say which player would you like and, you know, I mean, Mbappe and players like that, who I think got valued the other day at something like, was it something like 260 million, I think? Something, <laughs> something, something completely bonkers. But in a realistic sense, assuming that maybe um, Shakiri leaves, um, you know, maybe another couple of others maybe go, just get get them off off the wage bill. If there was any players that you guys thought would would, would sort of fit the bill and improve us it, from a, from a realistic point of view, bearing in mind that we are in a pandemic and the club has you know suffered, well, all football clubs have suffered pretty severe financial losses. But if there was any player that you thought young, you know, relatively cheap might 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 do do a job for us. Emma, do you want to take this one? Finger on the pulse yeah. of the BBC. Why not? <laughs> um, I mean, that you know, there's a couple, couple of obvious young names that jump out. Um, Harvey Barnes is one for me from Leicester, who I think has got a lot of potential. And I think Jurgen Klopp could get the, the best out of him. I think on his day, he is, he is one of those players that likes to attack the full-backs. You know, he's got a lot of pace. He makes those runs in behind. And he's got a little bit of a spark about him. Uh, I think he'd be quite cheap to pick up, um, and it'd be interesting to see what you know what Klopp could do with him as a as a kind of a rotational squad player. Um, and another one who I really really like, who obviously is a little bit older, but is Raúl Jiménez from Wolves um, as as a potential backup to Firmino. And they, you know they are different players, but I do see a lot in the way that Jiménez plays that I think Klopp could adapt his position on the pitch. You know, he's, he's a hard worker and that's kind of the number one for me when it comes to Firmino's replacement. Uh, obviously, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's a killer finisher as well. But those two, in terms of from Premier League experience, I'd, you know, I'd be quite keen to see how they would get on. Um, if you're talking about spending money, then for me, the number one out there that I'd want to see at Liverpool is Jadon Sancho because I just think he's he's got yeah. so much potential. But, you you know you'd have to fight off a lot of a lot of people for for him and you'd have to spend a bit of cash but 
yeah, you know, I'd, I'd settle, like I said, I'd settle for those two, Jimenez and Barnes. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd go with Barnes as well. He'd be, he, he was going to be my, my pick, uh, you know, relatively young. I think he's only 22, 23, British, you know, yeah. made, has made a, made a real impact. I think he, I think he, uh, there's, a, there's a, I think it's the Leicester game. I think they play, I think they play Villa. Uh, earlier on this year, and yeah. he's, he's, his performance is head and shoulders above, you know, above almost everyone. Um, Chris, what, how how do you how do you sell um, the sort of the sort of project or potential transfer? Do you think to to a young a young player coming in? Because you're not going to you know show them the trophy cabinet. Well, no, I, no, 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 <laughs> but from a, from a from a footballing perspective, because you're you're not you're not going to you can you can. There's nowhere on the pitch really that you can buy an improvement really you're not going to buy someone and put them straight into the starting 11 that's just not going to happen apart from the apart from the financial aspect there's not many players that improve our starting 11 really I mean I know you talk about Jaden Sancho but is he does does he come straight into the side I'm not not convinced he does and what 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 are your sort of thoughts on that Chris I think I think for me I'd be looking at the type of profile that Jürgen looks at anyway and he wants players who want to come in who want to fight and improve and I think if you're a young player and I would prioritise youth at this point as well over over maybe experience because we've got the experience nowadays. I think we are probably missing someone in that maybe 23, 24 year age gap, um, and then and then and then a little bit younger. Um, but I'd be looking at it and going, look, first of all, you can learn from the best. Um, and you can be. I think you'll be a better player by sitting behind a Sadio Mane or a Mo Salah, something like that. Maybe an Andy Robertson if you're a left back. Um, and I, I'd be profiling them like that and saying, do you want to come in and do you want to fight for your place? Do you want to be the next Liverpool first teamer? Because that's the opportunity here. And I think you know, obviously, Werner's made the decision on Chelsea, and it was probably a little bit of both. Come the end of it, um, Werner deciding also that you know he wants first team football, and he's not willing to wait a year for it. Um, in the Premier League, um, so I'd be looking personally. I'd be looking at a left back first and foremost. I still think we need cover at left back. I think right back we're okay with Williams. I think centre halves are okay. Vlaflin goes. Maybe Phillips is good enough. Maybe Keanu Hoover or Seth Vandenberg are good enough. I don't know. Uh, but I'd maybe like a little bit more experience. And then it's one player for that front three. And you know, I'm going to stick with the player that I decided before the Bundesliga came back. Um, and a player that I've always liked is in Kai Havertz. I think he's absolutely sensational. I don't think we're going to spend money this summer. I really don't. But I'd be looking for someone like that. And, you know, when we were discussing Sancho, probably sort of December time, he didn't have the goal return that he does now. I mean, you know, and he's kicked on so much. If you said to me, Sancho, have it, I'll be like... Take your pick, mate. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great yeah. players, <laughs> and I think I think you're right. I think it's 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 getting those players. It seems to me that that not only fit the model, but sometimes it's 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 players that feel like they've got something to prove. If you look at when we bought Andy Robertson, we uh, Ginny Wijnaldum from Newcastle. These were players that you knew had the talent, but were needed to prove themselves. Were desperate to prove themselves and get better. That's that's the model of player that we need. Someone whose mentality fits that mold you, you you can be the best we've got all the tools and attributes here to make you the best but you've got to you've got to put that work in Lizzie Lizzie what are, you, what are your thoughts um so the first thing that comes to my head was I agree with Chris and I can't actually think of a name but I'm gonna say left back and maybe someone who could make <laughs> right back as well but I do think we should be looking at a left back slash right back or both cover but mainly left back I'd say um because what we ask our, our left back and right back to do is <laughs> Where, like, I think obviously our midfield is like an engine, but the legs that that Robertson and Trent use, I think, with the amount of games we play, we do need a cover which is like, you know, quite decent. And and I think we can ask Milner to do it to a certain extent, but I do think we could do a cover there. I think Emma brought up a great name who, who was in the back of my head, which was Raúl Jiménez. I think he'd be great um, for Liverpool. Uh, and I think he's probably someone who probably comes, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. you, you know, you're playing at Wolves and, and Wolves all of a sudden are dead cocky. I don't know where they've got like the big attitude from, but uh, he's clearly, he'd, you'd clearly leave Wolves for Liverpool, wouldn't yeah. you? Um, yeah. One, I had two in, in mind, might be controversial, but hear me out. So the first one, and I think, just, just think about Jürgen Klopp as a manager. I think you wouldn't find it hard, off what you said, James, fairly young, um, that is achievable and probably maybe cheap. I, I don't think he... Martial, Andy mm. Martial. I think under Jürgen Klopp, he'd come in as a squad player. He's a squad player for Man United, so you're not going to be 
you're not going to not be a squad player for Liverpool if you are for them at the minute because the shite. So um, I think he'd come in knowing his, his place and would be so willing. I don't think he's had the opportunity to grow. I don't think I, he's had the manager to put their arm around him and, and try and help him learn. He's um, been criminally mismanaged, criminally think, mismanaged you know, that player yeah. by three think, by three different managers. Have, none of them have brought the best out of him. It could be a Ross. It could be another Ross Barkley. You know what I mean? Who, 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 we, we, who you think every time he gets a new manager, this is going to be the right manager for him? And it never works. But I think you've literally got the best man manager in the world, yeah. and I think you'd be able to get him. He'd be fairly cheap, and I think he would sort of fit in and and probably work really hard so that's one and then another one is he, he, he he's he's been called a fraud by many and this is just more of a free transfer and not that I think he'd be amazing but Williams going on a free from Chelsea and and the thing is is he was going to come to Liverpool in the first place and that's why a lot of people are saying no F him basically because he he's a scumbag <laughs> You know, on a free transfer, like, you've pretty much got, like, <laughs> he, he couldn't argue if you were to say you to sit on the bench and only play, you know, FA Cup, League Cup to begin with. He couldn't argue with you. But he's still, like, a talented player. Um, might be a bit of a fraud, but on a free, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's a fraud. As I think mean, he's a fraud. Do you think? <laughs> I think, I think, I think it's not a fantasy league that he's a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think he's someone you'd rather have in your team than, than necessarily go up against. Because I mean, he, he he can be a he's a master of the dark arts when he wants to be. Yeah, he's he's one of those players that that can single handedly win win cup games. You know, and he's yeah. done that. He's he's done that for Chelsea. Like he, his set pieces are, are brilliant. Like it's really interesting, Lizzie, that you said Anthony Martial because he's somebody who three three four years ago, you know, I said in my opinion, I thought he was one of the most talented young players in the world. And I remember when United signed him, I, I was like, oh God, because I just thought he was brilliant. I've always rated him. And it, yeah, it's always kind of been, he's been that player where you just, you, you watch him play and you think, how is he not really, really good? So I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely on board with with that idea for him working alongside Jurgen Klopp. I, I think that would be brilliant. And just while we like sort of mentioning him and SF and Wolves, just another player who I've just quickly Googled to see how old he was, but uh, Connor Cody, I absolutely rate him. I think he's brilliant. Bring him home. Bring him yeah, home. Yeah, I, like, I would absolutely love to see him back at Liverpool, you know, now as a solid, solid centre-back, a leader. He's only 27. I thought he was older. Um, but yeah, I would love to see him as a kind of, you know, fighting for that position with Joe Gomez. I think he'd be brilliant. He's a, he's a, he's a class act. He's a I don't class think act. he's good enough for Liverpool. I'm sorry. I don't Do like it. No, I like the lad, but I don't think he'll ever get into a first 11. He will always be a backup for Liverpool. Joe Gomez, I think, is much more talented. That's yeah, but do you, do you see Cody as, as an upgrade to a squad player to perhaps like Matty? Lovren. Yeah, but again, I'm thinking probably more of Jürgen Klopp and thinking the lad's literally a captain at Wolves playing every game and he's he's yeah. in a successful Wolves side. Mm. To, to him, why would he want to leave a side that he's captaining, um, which has actually been really successful for them? Because think about it, like Wolves have never had this level of like, you know, the, in terms of how they're playing and, and, and they the, the broke into Europe for the first time. He's part of this really exciting project and I think if he comes into Liverpool... I can't see him being an absolute fit starter every week. I think he's have to accept that he's a squad player. Maybe a couple of years down the line once he's done what he's had to do, but I, I don't think. Right, that's just my opinion, though. That yeah, no, no, no fair point. Right now, yeah. I don't think. I don't think he'll ever be a first teamer, and I think if he was, he would have stayed. To be honest, but uh, I, I, I agree with Lizzie on that. I think he's a brilliant player. I think he's. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Um, but I just don't see him as anywhere near good, as good as Joe Gomez, and I don't. I wouldn't want him to come from being a captain of a football yeah. club, doing really well in the Premier League, to being our fourth choice centre half. Yeah. Because I, I, I actually like him, I think he's sound. Yeah. It's great. It's great to see, isn't it? It's great. It's great to see a, a, a scouser, a Liverpool fan. You know, someone that, that used to play for us, who's a really top lad, doing absolute bits for another club, and yeah. and, and, and you know, getting all the plaudits that he deserves, man. No, I I, I agree. Good luck, to, good luck to Connor Cody. Right, we've got a couple of questions um, before we end the show. Um, so Jamie Cubis says, and I'll ask you first on this, James. What is something kind that someone has done for you this week that has made you smile? Something kind that someone has done for me this week. Um, what oh, a lovely question. That's a really, that's a really, really lovely question. Um, I suppose I've, I've got to say my wife, really. Haven't, I mean, I haven't seen another person or spoken to another person. 
Um, but uh, but no, my my, my remember my, this is eighteen plus. You're allowed. <laughs> 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 But yeah, no, no. My, my my wife's been brilliant. My wife's been brilliant during this lockdown. Um, it's been it's been really it's been it's been. I found it really really tough. Um, not just this week. I found it really tough because I, you know, I, I don't have a job that I can do at home. I know you know all all, th- all all of all three of you you know work in the media and have, you know, work that you can be getting on with and, and reports you can do and, and articles and all kinds. And and I I found it very difficult as an actor to to literally have pretty much nothing to do i mean the odd bits and pieces but rachel my, my wife's been fantastic with me because she she's working from home um but she's you know she's always checking on me and making sure i'm cool and and yeah that that that's she's she's been good she stood over you now james no no yeah she stood over me with a, with a, with a <laughs> like, like is this good was that okay rachel was that okay did i say it properly did i said don't don't put cigarettes out on me rachel not again <laughs> i feel like we should report this <laughs> go on Lizzie what's your answer um, well this this week's only been two days hasn't it so I'll just think about like the last week or so so um, like like James I've sort of struggled during the lockdown a lot um, and I, I'm not really ashamed to say it and I had a couple of like down days about a week ago or a week and a half ago uh, this is the first thing that come to mind and I'm literally in the place where I'm volunteering at the, the Bayside PPE hub and after like the big event it's 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 really quite funny because you get such a high and adrenaline and stuff and then like you get this like weird sort of come down and and I just like had reality hit me of like oh god I'm not working and this that and the other and, and just the reality of the situation and I just had to take a couple of days off and and um, when I took a couple of days off I had to come and drop something off whilst I was off as such from the volunteering and I said like I just want to drop it in um, and go like I just need to get my head down and just sort of have a bit of space but he was determined that I'd come in and I was like why and he bought me like this big gorgeous bunch of flowers um, and a bottle of a bottle of a, a bottle of ale from um, M&S which is bloody gorgeous by the way so I don't know like just just I had a bit of a down day and someone was there to basically cheer me up and, and not just like in a material way like he was checking in on me as well so it, I don't know it was it just meant quite a lot really to me so it was nice oh what's yours then uh yeah I've, I've got to actually uh a bit like sort of what Lizzie and James have said you know you have good days you have bad days I had a had a pretty rough weekend where I just felt a bit shitty and um I just text one of my friends and just said like can we have a FaceTime? And she was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And I ended up speaking to her for about two hours and just the conversation was just really, really nice. Um, and it's just, it makes you feel really, really good to know that there's friends out there who will just pick up the phone and, you know, just cheer you up. So that was nice. And then um, the beginning of last week, my mum sent me a little card just to say that she missed me because I've not seen my family for about three months. And the next day, actually, but so I sent her a picture of the card. Obviously, Sina said, thank you so much. And she said, oh, you've got a little present arriving. And then the next day, uh, it was a little box of little box of brownies that she'd sent. Oh, so, yeah. Cute. Yeah, cute. And it just had a little little card in it. It just said, miss you. Can't wait to see you again. And yeah, so those two massively cheered me off. Oh. Well, I feel dead hollow now because the nicest thing that happened to me this week is I ordered someone to come round with a van to pour me a yeah. draft lager. Oh, and, my God. Oh, yeah, that was good. And he, and he couldn't fit me in, and then he texted me in the morning and said, I can get you in at 20 to 5, and I was like, fucking Real. right. Let's do it. <laughs> So he turned up with his van, he poured me a pint of mile and I, and I stood out in the close and had a beer with all the neighbours and stuff. Uh, Aww, class. class. Yeah, that sounds good. That's really good. It was quality, yeah. but like, all, like I paid him for it. Like, it wasn't like... <laughs> that doesn't matter. <laughs> The, nobody, nobody sti- you know, the question didn't stipulate whether you had to pay for the nice thing. It just said, nice thing. Yeah, it's true. Don't worry, Chris. I'll send you a bunch of flowers next week. <laughs> yeah. He's an absolute genius. It's the doghouse in Liverpool on Penny Lane. It used to be smooge. And if you live within two miles, you can phone him up and he'll come round and he's put a draft kit in the back of his van 
and he'll come round and, he, and yeah. you've got a choice of Guinness, Pale Ale, Mao and Peroni on draft and then we literally it was like a fucking adult ice cream but everyone in the club like, what the <laughs> fuck that? straight out and we all had a bit there was 13 of us in the road in the end wow. and then the kids were all flying around on the bikes and stuff and we all had a, a socially distanced pint together and it was fantastic oh, brilliant love that oh, love yeah that. great I, stuff I'll text you his number James because so, I could see your eyes lighting up there yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm within two miles yeah <laughs> uh, and the last the last question uh, while we're talking about drinking actually um, Lizzie we'll start with you on this one what's your go-to drink from your younger years that you can't stomach anymore <laughs> oh god it is easy it's Jack Daniels and Coke so weirdly as well I've done a bit of a flip because JD surely is something you shouldn't be drinking at the age of 14 but it is it was for me uh, because how that happened was that you know those boss family parties you used to go to when you were younger and social clubs so I used to go to like me mates family parties and it was like someone's 60th and so so we'd always go and like get pissed but what it was is we'd drink some in our ice and WKD and her uncle misheard us ordering WKD and got JD so that's how I got <laughs> Daniels and Coke but like I, I honest to god from the age of 14 to about honest to god 22 drank gin and coke and because like if I go out I drink quite a lot I used to drink about 10 a night and because I've stopped drinking fizzy drinks as well it's like the seconds I feel the coke on my teeth oh it knocks me sick and I smell it and I just like I remember going to a house party on New Year's Eve and I'd like I'd done that thing where I'd been out and then I'd come to the house party it was like one in the morning there was no gin no tonic and I was like and they were like there's JD and coke there and I, I just thought I'm after that night, I am never, ever going back to Jack Daniels. It smells of 16-year-old drunkenness. Feel <laughs> your pain. Emma, you've been on rum for a long time. Was there anything before oh. the rum? Yeah, I know. Rum, me and rum go back a long way. Um, yeah, I've got two, actually. Um, so the first kind of shots that I did was, was Jaeger bombs. They were like kind of what was like my my ritual on nights out and I can't I can't drink Jaeger like I have to be extremely drunk and probably willing to throw up to have a Jaeger now just because the smell of it it just knocks me but like like Lizzie said you'd go through like I don't know 10 15 Jaeger bombs or something a night and yeah Lizzie didn't say she'd do 15 Jaeger bombs a night. <laughs> 15 Jaeger bombs <laughs> Jesus <laughs> okay anyway I'll just add another couple of numbers there but uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's I like again. Reading it... only, is it, Emma? We've got to go to town. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's all before 10 p.m. Uh, <laughs> cheap night, isn't it? Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 the Red Bull or it's the energy drink, energy drink. Like the the smell of that now totally knocks me. So oh. yeah, so like if I have to do a Jaeger now, I say have to because clearly you know I'm forced to drink by my friends but um if I have to do a Jaeger now then I'd prefer to do it as a straight Jaeger shot rather than with like Red Bull because it's just the smell of that that makes me think of the Jaeger bomb itself um so yeah so that and then um a little bit older but in my first year at uni um so I I played hockey at uni so I, I was like the youngest person in the squad so I had to do a challenge at every social every Wednesday with the youngest boy in the squad and uh yeah if you've ever been to to uni and been part of a sports team, then you'll know that it's a challenge. Basically, means that, like the seniors are out there to absolutely kill you. So um, we had to down a two litre bottle of Everyday Value cider, which I think cost about twelve p from Tesco, um, and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever done. But the the boy gave up after like I don't know an eight for the bottle and basically stormed out the social and never came back to the hockey club. But nobody told me that he had given up because they wanted me to obviously down it all. So they were like, come on, come on, he's almost finished. So I was like, <laughs> like trying to down it all and obviously drank the whole thing, not knowing that he had, you know, given up ages ago and I'd already won. Um, so, yeah, I spent spent the rest of the night just throwing up and I've not been able to touch cider eat, like since then. <laughs> I've got a cider related one. Me I think too. Diamond White or White Lightning or any of them oh, things. Oh. Yeah. They were probably my first foray into yeah. drinking ale. Yeah. I remember we were we used to drink in either Sefton Park or Calderstones Park. And um 
one night we we'd started walking the alleyways before they were all gated and stuff like that, and we were we were bevied. I think I might have told the story on Redman before, but we mate got ran over and like fucking as we were crossing the road near Coldies, and then he got hung. Uh, grabbed and thrown into the back of the car and we were like what the fucking hell has happened to him he's just been abducted and all this pre-mobile phones like they were just coming in so maybe two of us had mobiles in there and um, we didn't know what happened so we woke up with a stonking hangover the next day phoned his house up turns out it was his dad that ran him over and grabbed him into the car <laughs> and none of us knew the fucking he ran across the road his dad knocked him over and went get the fucking here you flung him in the back of the car and drove him home and that white lightning that stuff you know just horrendous and yeah. then and then also first year uni I used to drink um, the vodka red bulls a lot and we used to go to the pub it was it was exactly 38 steps from my halls to the pub so we used to go there quite often and we, we used to go he'd open up early for us to be honest he'd open up at 10 in the morning we'd sit outside all day in the summer in Leeds and I'd just be a, a, a floppy mess, like. And then you'd just leave your, your cans of Red Bull on the side. And then dead late on, it was probably a lock-in or something. I was still drinking them. And I picked up this can. And I had a swig of just the Red Bull because I was bladded. And a slug had climbed inside the Red Bull can. Oh. So I'd, like, got this half a slug in my fucking mouth. And I was like, Ugh! I threw up everywhere and then I ran into the toilet and I threw up everywhere and the owner had come in and he's like he's been in mind I've been in his pub for about 14 hours and he comes in and I'm I'm I am just vomiting over every wall <laughs> and he went fucking hell and I went I'm sorry Ollie it was something I ate and he just <laughs> so now if you ever see me every time I finish a can I crush it and I put it down, and I know that that's finished, and that's a kind of all where it's come oh, back from. Oh my god! Makes me think of drinking slugs. <laughs> oh, that's grim. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, cheap, cheap, cheap cider. I can't, I can't really top. I can't really top getting run over and thrown in the back of the car. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I grew up in a little village um, in, in in Staffordshire, so we, we, there wasn't a huge amount for us to do, and we were sort of. 15 16 i'm not, not that i'm not that i'm condoning underage drinking but um so we used to camp at my my friend had a farm and we used to camp out there and uh, and just we get we get the local idiot to get buy us a load of ale from the shop because we were only like like i say 15 16 and we used to drink woodpecker you remember yeah. woodpecker cider oh, yeah yeah liters of the stuff oh. liters. I, could, I couldn't drink half a liter now i'd be i'd be ill but we used to drink we used to get hammered on this on this woodpecker cider and then one night we'd we'd, we'd all have all had a load and one of the lads was hammered. So we went off into the village to have a, you know, a mooch around and cause a bit of mischief. And we left him in the tent. And we all, we got back at like three in the morning, still bladdered. And we all dived in the tent to wake him up. And he'd been sick everywhere in the tent. Oh, no. And it was, and it was, a, it was a really hot, hot evening. Oh, and, he'd, no. and, he'd been, and he'd been eating, Pring, he'd been eating these Pringles and, oh. and necking this woodpecker. And the sick... The sick was all over everybody's bags. Oh. It was in his hair. It was in his ears. And we all jumped in to wake him up and realised that we were now all oh. covered in. And just, oh, in the middle I of a field. And, yeah, so I... Burn I, the I, tent, burn the tent. Yeah. So it was only... Um, it was only a couple of years ago that I've, I've, I've got back into cider because for years, the smell of it just... Whoop. Oh. Anyway, there we are. That is a yeah. brilliant way to end the show. What a question, Clay Dotty. Thank you very much for that one. Uh, listen, everyone knows where James is. It's at the James Sutton uh, on Twitter, of course. Lizzie's from the Anfield Rap, but I'm sure Lizzie would like to give a shout out to uh, Merseyside PPE Hub as well uh, and the work that they're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I've been volunteering there for a while. You've probably seen it uh, the last couple of weeks on Redmen TV. Yeah, making PPE for free. Um, so. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like getting emotional. Uh, if you um, if you need any PPE, if you know of any dentists, anyone going back to work, you can give them a shout on their website, midsideppehub.co.uk. Small donation, and you get some free PPE. Lizzie, what you've been doing over there has been absolutely incredible, mate. Yeah, uh, yeah, really, absolutely. Really awesome. yeah. And I've and had lovely photos of James Sutton uh, running, uh, <laughs> struggling. Well done, James. Well, well done. Uh, thank you. I am. I am no runner. How I many laps no did you do? Uh, I did twenty twenty seven laps, I think. Good, that you know. Well done. The average yeah. was about twenty three to twenty five. Yeah, it was. Good I average. did. I did all right. I was desperate to beat or, or get close to Carragher, 
but he he smashed it. Yeah, he's done thirty. He's done thirty-three. Uh, and, and I remember Webster. Webster was not long before you. And Jamie Webster was like, "Honest to God, the colour of him, he was determined to beat." Uh, I think he beat Carragher by one lap. Did he? he? Yeah, he was amazing. Good lad. Good lad. Oh, no, well done, both of you. Thank Amazing you. Amazing efforts, well done. And Emma, of course, you can follow. Um, it's at Emma Sanders, isn't it? At E-M underscore Sandy with a Y. So Chris has just never, he's just never been on my Twitter, ever. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's oh, fine. Sorry. If you search Emma Sanders, and hopefully you'll find it. So She's the one that works at the BBC Sports. And she's got a nice blue tea. Yeah, so although there, there, there is another Emma, so there's an Emma Saunders with a U, who works for BBC London? Stay away. So like, uh, yeah, the amount of people. Yeah, the amount of people that get us mixed up. Yeah. Brilliant. But yeah. Okay. Well, listen. Thank you all for joining me. I've absolutely massively enjoyed that this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure, James, Lizzie, and Emma. Thank you very much for watching at home. Don't forget to like the video, smash that like button. It really does help. Uh, share the video, and we'll see you next time on the Red Men TV. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 